Hey, product bosses, have you heard? We're doing a five-day completely free challenge starting Monday, May 10th. Join us. It's absolutely free. It's called Bestseller Secrets Challenge. Thousands of product bosses have gone through it and have transformed their businesses in just five days. We are going to help you lean into what is selling right now by teaching you how to look at your numbers, understand what your customers actually want to buy from you, and how to use your bestsellers to grow a thriving business. So you aren't just throwing spaghetti at the wall, hoping something sticks. We want to help you pandemic-proof your business, and we are going to do it together. So go to www bestsellersecretschallenge.com. We'll put that link in the show notes to make it really easy to sign up. And if you have already taken the challenge, we are inviting you to go through it with us again. Your business has probably changed and this free challenge will really help you build a sustainable and profitable business. The Bestseller Secrets Challenge starts Monday, May 10th. It's five days of trainings and lives created to help you grow. Join us. It's totally free. You can sign up at www.bestsellersecretschallenge.com. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my cool, cool ho- co-host, Nina <laughs> Kumo CTEP. Couldn't say Kumo and cool. <laughs> I was vibing on that. I liked it. Thank you. Thank you. It was a little bit of a tongue twister as I started it. I'm so excited to have you all here today. We are going to get into what's working now for product businesses in 2021. We are well into the year. We've seen the trends. We work with you know, at this point, thousands of businesses and we we see what's happening for them. We see what's working and perhaps what's not working. We see the changes and the trends and um, we wanted to share it with you today. Yeah, I love this because we're doing it after we've gotten through first quarter and now we're, you know, into second quarter and then third and fourth quarter are typically really big seasons, right? So there's still time, this is the other half of the year to really take what we're saying and put it into like mega action. And so this will be a great episode. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to jump right into all of this. And and this is something, you know, with our multi-street machine students that we have really been cued into. And um, as we've been helping them through their processes um, and, you know, they have a Facebook community, we've been seeing them talk and and we really wanted to just get really clear on this for, for what we've seen in the trends and then what we would love for you to consider and think about to make 2021 work for your business. So one of the first things that we're seeing that's really important that's working for product-based businesses in 2021 is diversification. So what does diversification mean? It means just being in more places than one basket, right? You always hear us say, don't put your eggs all in one basket. And we hear about diversification, all sorts of revenue streams, income streams, whatever, however you want to say it, service, product, everything. It's kind of like a buzzword that's always been around because of how important it's been. You know, it's 
diversification is really important, even on the personal side of finances, as well as the professional side. So when you're thinking about this for product businesses, I mean, this really hit hard for 2020, the need for diversification. The people that did have multiple streams of revenue were the ones that were able to move forward because they weren't stuck in having to start anew, you know? Um, And even if they did, they knew that, oh, I, this is a way that I'm diversifying, for example. Yeah. So what we saw in 2020, where a lot of people's eggs were in one basket, they were selling, you know, in In person person. Mm -hmm. and in person was shut down and they were like, what do we do? And we were like, get online as, as fast as you possibly can. Right. That was in the very first few weeks. I know not to bring up like PTSD of the shutdown, but that's mm-hmm. what happened, right? And people were like, what do we do? Do we sell? Do we not sell? We're like, you need to get online. You need to start selling. Um, the other thing that we saw at that point was that retailers had to close. So people, we had, you know, students in multi-stream machine. We had masterminders that had hundreds and hundreds of retailers that they were selling to. So a big part of their business relied on other businesses to keep their doors open. And that shifted because those retailers had to get online quickly. They had to figure out how to sell to their customers. So we saw this need in 2020 as a forced diversification. So many of you gave us pushback. No, this is the way I've done it. This is the way I've always done it. And then with that forced change really catapulted the industry by a decade. That's, That's the consensus in the industry is that, you know, we've moved forward 10 years on how quickly people got online and what, um, you know, Facebook and Shopify and Instagram and all these different things did for the industry. Also, the fact that, you know, you could, you know, pre-order, you can order something from Nordstrom's now and they'll bring it out to you at curbside pickup. There's Louis Vuitton. They'll bring it out to you curbside pickup. You know, there's like, there's different places that you would have never thought would cater to you even more, but they, mm-hmm. they will. And that was, that was sort of forced in this realm. So as we're moving into 2021, we're starting to see a shift again. So we're seeing that while online is still very strong, consumer buying habits are kind of changing again. The more people that are getting vaccinated, the more people that are leaving their house and kind of living their life in a different way that we have for the last year, they're starting to have different, maybe they want to go to stores again. You know, Mm -hmm. maybe they want to go to an in-person market. Um, And so we need to be aware of your consumer's habits, the buying habits, and make sure they are always diversified, but also paying attention to those habits um, because then you will be where they need you to be so that you can keep selling. Right. I love this because last week you heard us talk about really kind of honing in your messaging um, to... Um, be known for something. Now, this is the same thing. This is the same thing because we're not saying be every, we're not saying do all the things make, because diversification can be making new products, getting into new markets. What we're saying is diversifying a little bit new markets. Like you're diversifying the eyes that you're in front of. You're diversifying by getting on different platforms, whether it's getting into boutiques um, and, or getting again into in-person trade shows or getting online, right? Those are just the same products that you've always been talking about. Maybe adjusting and uh, making sure your messaging clear to right now, and but being in those places where your customers are. Diversifying the sales channels that are possibly open to them now that they're moving through their life. They're buying in, in this kind of this blended world that we're seeing. Yeah. And so um, Etsy, for example, we've heard that some people are feeling like Etsy sales are down 
right? Etsy sales were up at some point. They feel like their Etsy sales are down. Um, they don't own their lists if they sell on Etsy, if they sell on the platform like that. So one thing that we encourage and a lot of multi-stream machine students that end up, you know, joining multi-stream machine, their goal is that they they can they can have their eggs in more than one basket. Maybe they have it in the Etsy basket and they're ready to move on. I mean, we've worked with the top 1% of Etsy sellers that then realize at some point they need to build out their own website, right? They need to start growing their own email list. They need to be seen. Maybe they do decide to dip into wholesale. Um, because what happens they there- get to Amazon, you know, lots of different things. Yeah. So what happens there is that, and this could be for anyone, like maybe you started with in-person trade shows, but then you need to have a website. And then same thing, maybe you can start selling wholesale. For example, maybe you can optimize your website. Because the idea here is, is that you're in front of more eyes, right? You're in front of other mm-hmm. people's audiences. There's a benefit to that. You're diversified in the way it's the same with like um, investments. Uh, you know, if they're investing in stocks and bonds and all the things, if someone's investing your money for you, you can tell I know a lot about this. Um, they have them <laughs> in different places, right? If it's all like, you know, I'm betting all on black, if you always only bet on black, if black, if it's red for the next, you know, bunch of roulette spins, then you're not, you're not going to make money. But if you have it diversified, then you will. So Mm -hmm. we just want you to keep that in mind as we go into this year, looking at what's happened, what the trends are, how people are going to continue their buying habits and patterns, but then also paying attention to these ups and downs of maybe they, they leave their house, they're shopping, and then you want to be somewhere where they can buy it in person. And then you also want to be there so they could buy it online, which leads us into the second part of what's working in <laughs> Yeah. I just want to make it clear yeah. that when we say eggs in more than one basket, that it's the same eggs. It's not getting a whole bunch of eggs because you're creating all these products, right? That's not the diversification we're talking about. We're talking about diversification of income streams, of revenue streams, right? You're taking those eggs and just putting them in more baskets. So you might be taking your best seller. Yeah. Right. Your best seller. And then if one basket gets knocked over, you still have these other baskets. So do not get confused in that, in what we're talking about today. And I just, sorry, now that we're like (laughs) leaning into this one more, um, just real quick about that. Okay. So let's go back to the bestseller idea. Let's go back to little labels, Mina's company with her baby bottle labels and, you know, and that sort of thing. So she knows her peel and stick, you know, animal friends are her number one bestseller. So if Mina has that and she sells direct to consumer, you know, through her website and Mina then also sells it on Amazon and she knows on both that's the thing that sells every day, all day, every day. Then all of a sudden, a subscription box reaches out to her and is like, hey, we want to have your product in our subscription box. What should we have? She would probably say, my baby bottle, animal friends, peel and stick stickers, because she knows that the majority will like that. And mm-hmm. then that will help pick up other customers from their audience. If a retailer came to her and was like, hey, we want to sell your product in all of the Toys R Uses. I don't think they're around anymore. No. <laughs> okay, imagine. Yeah, something equivalent to a Toys R Us. All the targets, kids section, (laughs) you know, and they're like, what, you know, what do we start with? She'd be like, my best seller is the baby, you know, the peel and stick animal friends, right? She Mm -hmm. knows all day, every day she can sell this. So that would be the thing that she leaned into as she diversified on the other platforms. So think about what that is for you. Sales channels, right? Not my product selection. So I don't want to confuse anybody by, by saying, you know, do a whole bunch of things to you know, diversify, it does not mean your product line, you know? Okay. So the next one is super important. And I'm actually really excited about this one because, you know, I love anything that's a hybrid or a blend or, you know, 
Just yeah. like your wines. Yeah. An evolution, and right? Yeah. <laughs> wines, coffees, all of it. Right. Um, you know, I, I love things that are like multiples in one. So this is really the blend of in-person with online, right? So online, offline, whatever it is, there's going to be a hybrid of how we all move forward. And that is in um, consumer buying, that's in consumer selling, all of it. We're connecting in that way that, you know, we've adopted this way of life that's become blended because we've been stuck in our homes, but we've been shopping online. And now that we get to get out of our homes, this whole other life has been happening that it's all blended together. Now we're transitioning and evolving in a different way where it's all blended together. So here's a good example in person and online that hybrid, right? Okay. So we're le- some people are leaving their houses more than others, depending on where you are in the world, you all have a different experience, but, um, I can order now I can start to order, like, for example, Starbucks all day, every day. Now, if you don't want to go through drive through the biggest thing that happened with Starbucks, for example, is you could place your order for coffee for Starbucks online and you could walk in and pick it up. That feature was around pre-COVID, mm-hmm. but how many people used it? I know that we yep. used it in a commuter town, for example. We, you know, when my husband would go get on the train uh, heading into New York City, we would pre-order it. He would run in quickly, grab his coffee and then go up to the train. That was really big. But Mina, you in Iowa... Mm-hmm. Would you would you park your car and walk in to get it? I or actually would you go never. I don't even know if they offered that at Starbucks around here. But I do know that before COVID, I did the Panera pickup. You know, they have the wall and it's alphabetized and you go pick it up. And what's right. so funny, side story. Uh, one day, my sister and I both ordered from there and I saw her name and my name. It was so funny. So we both <laughs> thought of Panera at the same time. And so that was around, but now it's everywhere. It's common. Right. We've all adopted even young people, old people, you know, everybody, all the people <laughs> and all Iowans, the things. you know, yeah, coastal people, everybody. So now it's just become a way of life that we now just, it's common. Right. So it's the ability to order online to pay, right? You get, mm-hmm. you, you don't have to worry about finding your credit card and putting it in. Like it's a stored, the credit card stored in a lot of these apps. Um, you could do it and then you could, you know, pick delivery, you could pick pickup. There's things like that, that have been this hybrid of that in-person and online experience. They could make their transactions online. They could still take to the in-person experience of actually leaving their house and going to get it. There's also, you know, the idea of ordering online and you can deliver. There's still the idea of curbside pickup, retailers, brick and mortar, Still, people might not want to walk through the store. So there's still ways to bring that out for them. Um, still virtual shopping, right? There's all these ways you can do it. Um, so we're seeing this happen. I think even Starbucks had announced last year. I'm not sure if they rolled it out yet. They're going to start having walk-up windows for Starbucks. So you don't even enter into the physical building, but rather there's an outside window that you walk up to. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Old becomes new again, right? Right. Before it's only Sonic that did that, where it's like the you know throwback to the diner that you get a walk up and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Even and in now Burger, my old yeah. in and out used to have a walk-up window. But it felt like, oh, that's like something that was like an old thing, right? And now things are coming back. First of all, bell-bottom jeans. I think I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> we've heard that skinny jeans are and mom jeans are like not, <laughs> we shouldn't be doing that anymore. <laughs> I don't know if they call them bell-bottom, but they're like flare ones now. Secondly, dr- uh, walk-up windows. <laughs> That's it, guys. That's it. 2021. We're done. I mean, I'm out of the trends, but I know those two things are in. 
<laughs> so, so thinking about that in-person and online hybrid experience, um, we're going to see retailers do this. So if you sell wholesale or you want to sell wholesale, you're going to see certain bigger, um, you know, retailers change the way they do certain things. Um, it's going to, it, it may have happened due to the pandemic, but it will continue as long as, as long as that trend or that need stays there. Um, so I really, um, think that y- you all, a, a good idea would be to, to follow some of these trends, maybe sign up for a certain email list with bigger brands that you like, pay attention to some retailers that you shop at and see the things, watch the changes, pay attention to the trends of what they're doing and think, how could I integrate that in some sort of way into my business? Or how could I be a part of this trend? We saw that, you know, Mina and I were some of the first to talk about, we saw what was happening in the restaurant industry last year immediately. Um, yeah. Certain restaurants were doing um, ingredient-based at-home cook-your-own like type kits, stuff, basically. Kits. Mm-hmm. And then we pushed that idea of kits for our community, and we're like, "Can you take your raw goods and give them something to do?" Mm-hmm. They were delivering a brand experience, right? So that really was them giving the brand experience. Another example of online plus offline is collaborations. So right now, small businesses have really we we know the power is greater with each other. And so if you're an e-commerce business, like if I, you know, with little labels, I'm, I'm mostly e-commerce, right? I actually never have people do pickup at my door, but if I were to want to offer something, I could actually ask the local coffee company if I could have pickups there, right? That was something that we saw with, um, you know, I had ordered creamed honey for Jacqueline from an apiary here in an Ankeny. She was driving through, but I was able to pick it up at the local coffee shop. Right. So you see that in different ways. You know, it could be um, your natural skincare that they order online, but they have to go into the local salon to get it. Right. And that for the local brick and mortar gets foot traffic in there. Right. So even if they don't get a cut of it, which they could, they still get people that come in that salon are like, oh, that's cool. I'm looking around. I'm actually physically showing up and maybe I'll be a patron in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So, just really thinking about the in-person online hybrid. We never want you to lean too far one way or the other. Obviously the global pandemic shut down. That was a forced sort of um, needing to get online situation. But now as we're easing back out of it, what is the experience that you can create and how can you pay attention to trends that are happening and what can you bring into your business? So again, those of you that are going back into in-person, you know, markets, How can you get those email addresses and bring them to shop for shop from you later online? How can Mm -hmm. you start to relate the two when you're showing up in front of your customer that you can bring them to all of your platforms um, to sell more, right? Because that goes back up to the first tip, which was diversification. We want them to shop from more than one platform that it's not solely reliant on you being in person and that's where they can buy and not solely reliant on them thinking, let me go to your website and buy from you there. And and Mm -hmm. this does take work from you. So our next thing that's working for 2021 that we want to share with you is that your business is more than your product. Mm-hmm. What you sell is more than your product. Yeah. Perfect example, what Jacqueline just talked about with the restaurants, it was more than the spaghetti noodles and spaghetti sauce and meatballs and butter, right? It was all of those put together that you took that kit, you brought it into your house, you experience that with your kids and you're still able to enjoy all those things that you were before. What was it that sold out? I can't remember. Oh, I remember double tree cookies, 
So double tree cookies, because That's there was right. not um, any hotels that were, you know, open at that time, they didn't, they give away their recipe and yep. also IHOP too, right? Yeah. There were restaurants giving their recipes away of things that they yeah. would have never given away, but yeah. people, they wanted to reinforce the, reinforce the brand experience. People will say a double tree just for the cookies. And I'm just the saying warm cookies for me. I love the double treat just for the cookies. So, so the idea there is like they reinforced the the brand without ever having to sell a single room or make a single hotel bed, but by making their marketing relevant and their messaging relevant and then letting people have that experience of the double tree cookie. Do you think that people are still making those unless you are a double tree cookie like addict? They they did it. They experienced mm-hmm. it. It's not going to stop them from going to probably stay double tree. Probably got them more addicted and yeah. now they'll probably want to stay there more so. You and know? they can also, and it also will trigger a memory for them, right? Double Tree showed up for me during mm-hmm. the pandemic. They gave, oh, do you remember that time we made those cookies at home? We made um, Dunkin' Donuts at home. Yeah. Trust me, my amazing. kids would rather go through Dunkin' Donut drive through than, or Krispy Kreme. I forget what it was. I didn't do it because I was working and my husband was watching the children, <laughs> but I remember there was a donut. But nonetheless, right? Like we'll remember that experience, but the ease factor will be that we'll end up buying from them instead of mm-hmm. making them ourselves. Right. And it just goes to show you, even in the pandemic, I mean, we said it time and time again that people were really more thoughtful with their dollar. They still are. And it's really more than the product that they're buying. So is it an experience? Is it a way for them to support a cause or perhaps a small business? Is it a way for them to, you know, meet some desire that they want versus the physical product, right? What problem are you really solving for them or what desire or want are you solving for them? So really thinking about that, right? Your customer has, they want more from you than your product. And we really saw that in 2020. Yeah. They want the messaging. They want how your product's going to make them feel. You know, a lot of times when we buy things, it's how does it make us feel or how does it make us appear? It is, you know, is it extrinsic? external. I mm-hmm. forget the yep, word. you're right. Yeah. So it's, it's sometimes it's like, yeah, it's not worth it, but you know, okay, here's a good example in New York, women buy really expensive handbags and shoes in New York. Do you know why they buy really expensive handbags and shoes in New York? So they can show it off. Yeah. Cause they don't have cars. So I grew up in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. I live New York. So Los Angeles people invest in their cars. They have nice cars. Like I'm, you know, it's like BMWs, Lexuses, like Teslas, all the things mm-hmm. they, because they have to get around their car and it's a status symbol. So when you drive up, you people can see your status based on your car. New York, they don't have cars. So how else do they show their status? They're walking around with their bags and their mm-hmm. shoes. Mm-hmm. It's just another way to show it. And each of you, wherever you are, is somewhere. So sometimes someone's going to go pay for something because of what it means externally to the world and yeah. also what it means to them to be able to buy that, afford it, whatever they wanted to do by wearing it, how they feel. So when you sell a product, right? Because let's go back to these these bags. I know I talk about bags a lot, but now you know where my values stand. Um, <laughs> so Chanel bag, Louis Vuitton bag, whatever it is, still made out of leather and zippers mm-hmm. and basic lining, right? What's different? the logo on it, the yeah. print of the lining, the experience of buying it and the value that people place on the name attached to it versus I buy a, another leather bag that's, you know, I don't know, generic with no name. They could be made by the exact same factory out of the exact same leathers, but it's it's the value around it. So when you think about that, and I know I go to designer brands a lot, but that's because it's a really good example. Mm-hmm. I have a Kia Kia was built by, I think they hired BMW, one of the like presidents or something of BMW. And when they came over, they made Kia more of a luxury vehicle. 
inside, but the price point is lower. Yeah. And when you're thinking about like, let's do the flip side of that, right? Because we're going designer and big, big conglomerates here. But the flip side of that is small business. When you're thinking about more than your product, why are people buying your candles? right? Is it the scent? Is the memory? Is the way that you present it in a certain way? Is it um, the packaging? Is it the gifting message that you put alongside it? Is it the... Is it you? Yeah. Is it you, the reason why they connect with you, that you're a small business, right? Is there a cause that you contribute to, you know? So what are the things outside of even the physical product that they're buying that maybe it is a part of the product, you know, that you give back or that you have a certain scent or, you know, it makes them feel a certain way. That's what makes every business, you know, thousands of candle businesses so special is that each one is special in its own right because they, they're, the difference is, is all of those things put together. You know, it's more than the product. It's not like I'm just buying a candle only buy that candle for the rest of my life. It's that each one has a difference to it when it comes to outside of even the actual physical product. Yeah. So another one of our students, um, Sharon, she owns Beloost and Beloost is our pregnancy pillows that allows a mom to lay on her stomach while she's pregnant and to get comfortable. Well, Sharon's a chiropractor. She is a chiropractor. She worked on um, pregnant women and then she found this need to create this pillow um, that women needed because a lot of women still want to lay it on their stomachs. You know, if you've been pregnant, like there's half of your pregnancy, you're sleeping, sitting up, but the other half you're sleeping with like a gazillion pillows around you. So why are they buying her product? Well, one, it's inventive. So check it out. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. It's inventive. It's amazing, right? But she's also, it's backed because she's a chiropractor they're going to buy it. It's more than the product because of all the information and data she gives them around it because they trust her with their bodies because she could just come out with a pillow or she could probably come out with anything, but being an expert from being a chiropractor and having this past experience that she has, she could probably sell them a lot of different things. So they're buying from her, they're buying from her expertise, they're buying from the knowledge around it. And the product happens to be a vehicle to meeting those needs that they were looking for. Right. Because guess how many pregnancy pillows there are out there? Guess how many we've owned. (laughs) So many. Multiples. You know? And so that's another way of, oh, they're buying her specific one because it's more than it's the fact that it's a pregnancy pillow. There's everything beyond that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's go over those again really quick, Jacqueline, so people can remember what is working now for product businesses in 2021. Okay. So diversification. Remember, so you're getting, you're taking your product and you're in more on more sales channels, on more platforms, you're diversifying. The second one is in-person and online hybrid experience. So what have we learned from 2020 and what are we bringing forward into 2021 and what's the new way of consumer buying habits? And the third one is that when people are buying from you, they're buying more than your product. So what are you, what are they buying? What, what messaging are they buying? What, how are you making them feel? Um, it's the story. Are they buying from you? It is more than your product. So keep those in mind as we go through 2021 with you. We are so excited for all of you that have signed up for the bestseller secrets challenge to see you inside. We cannot wait to dig into this week with you and to all of our multi-stream machine students, shout out to you that are in there um, and that have already started implementing what we talked about in today's episode. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. 
And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive, and we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. Hey friend, just a quick reminder to sign up for the bestseller secrets challenge. It's a five day, totally free week of trainings, private Facebook group, and daily live Q and A's with us. We don't want you to miss out on this opportunity to get really clear and focus on what you need to sell to grow a profitable, sustainable, and solid business. Head over to www.bestsellersecretschallenge.com and click on the link in the show notes today, right now.